Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Buenos dias. Anybody ready for something super powerful today? Most of you have met uh, our friend, Josiah Schluckabeer. Can you say Schluckabeer? Did I say it right? I got it right. Um, again, most of you have probably met him. If you, uh, if you haven't, you will. He's going to be, be around, uh, I think, a lot more uh, in, in, the coming, in the coming season. But um, we're just so excited to have him here with us. Josiah, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, attended the evangelism boot camp with Felicia. And uh, it's been a year ago, about a year ago, since Felicia came with a group of evangelists that came and helped train us in outreach. And uh, he, he was part of that, and we've just really hit it off, and he's kind of been uh, in and out over the past year. Recently, I know he's going to tell you a lot more about this, but he just got back from crusades in Pakistan, Rwanda, Uganda, and that. <laughs> As if that weren't enough. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. By the way, hi, Mr. Don Puckett. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of missionaries, this is like Missionary Sunday. <laughs> wow. That just made me smile to see you. We're just really excited to have, uh, have Josiah. And I will tell you, i um, gotten to know this, uh, this young man, he is full of Jesus, full of the word, full of the spirit, full of the power of the gospel. And so I want you guys to just put on your seatbelts and get ready for some gospel power today. Anybody ready for some gospel power? Come on, let's give Josiah a hand as he comes on. Hallelujah. Are you happy this morning? Are you excited about what God's doing right here in Kennesaw? Listen, I tell you, and I don't tell this to every single place, or because I preach at a lot of different churches, but right here, what's happening in Kennesaw, Georgia, isn't normal. Do you know that, right? What's happening right here on Kennesaw State University is not normal. You know that, right? And see, and I believe what God's doing right here in Kennesaw, Georgia, is something so special, and it's and is about to take off. Do you believe that this morning? I need somebody in the back to say Amen. Come on, somebody. My name is Josiah Schluckabeer. I know that you may be familiar with uh, who I am, maybe. I was here about a year ago. I did an evangelism training with the church. I know that you may not remember. I might, uh, my hair is a little bit shorter. Well, I learned something that uh, in excellence, one time it's a mistake, two times it's ignorance. And I will never make the mistake again of getting a haircut in Africa. For exactly one dollar, I'm telling you. They jacked my hair up. And so, but I know what God's going to do today is something very, very special. And I know that some people in here are going to be launched out into their God-given ability, into their God-given call of what they're supposed to do. Amen? 
So I want to tell just a little bit about, before we get into this this morning, I want to tell a little bit about, about myself, about beholding Jesus. I'm 20 years old, I'm about to turn 21, and I'm leading a ministry called Beholding Jesus. And everything that we are about, what we are here to do, is to point people to Jesus. That's all it's about. It was my, my, heart's, my heart's cry, and whenever, I, because in the beginning when I went to the Christ for All Nations boot camp, I I was kind of like, I just want to join a person's ministry and, and let, let's go. It was not any in my heart's uh, desire at all to, to form a ministry. And God started putting it in my heart uh, to, to be like a John the Baptist, that whenever, whenever Jesus came around, he was constantly pointing people to Jesus. It wasn't about him. He said, look at him. Stop looking at me. Look at Jesus. And that's our whole, whole heart's cry of behold King Jesus. It's behold the Lamb of God. Say amen. And so whenever we scheduled to come here June 12th today, at first I was thinking I'm going to preach a gospel message and people are going to get saved, but God kind of deterred that a little bit. That's always my message, I'm telling you. We, we, we need to see people get saved. Amen? And that's our whole heart's cry with our ministry is to see people saved. So in the past year since when we formed the ministry around June 2021, in the past year, can you go ahead and put that graphic up, Quinn? The past year, we've seen 65,092 decisions for Christ. In the past year, and let me tell you, I mean, it did happen in Illinois. I met a pastor once. He told me, he said, don't come in here telling me all that number stuff. I said to 65,000 people not get you excited? As it does 10,000 people not get you excited? Because what you have to realize, behind every single one of those numbers, there's a face that said yes to Jesus. There's a face that said yes to Jesus. It's not just a person that filled out a decision card. Yes, that happens. Yes, we plug them into a church. But there was a person in Pakistan, a person in Uganda, a person in Rwanda, a person in Tanzania, a person right here in the United States that said yes to Jesus and to follow him. And so we've seen 65,092 decisions for Christ in the past year. And I, and I feel a heart's cry in the next five years to go after a million souls and millions more after that. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to share just a few testimonies. Uh, we're going to get right into this. Can, can, do you guys want to hear some testimonies this morning? Do you? Are you sure? All right. Can you go ahead and put up that first slide? Listen, I, let me tell you about this. This was our first time in Pakistan. I, the, we got done preaching the messages. We got done praying. We got done uh, preaching the healing uh, message. And my friend, I'm up on stage telling testimonies or taking testimonies from people and they're giving their testimony of what God did physically in their body and giving the testimony of it. And I see my friend Frankie, uh, Frankie Cortez and he it was the other evangelist I was there with and he was just out in the crowd laying hands on people. He's a little five, five, five short Mexican and he was just kind of bobbing around in the crowd. He's got big poofy hair. He's just bobbing in the crowd. I could barely see him. And I see him go over to this little area of the crowd. I didn't know it was over there. And turned out he's praying for this man in, in this wheelchair right here. All of a sudden, I just hear screaming going on over right here in this little, in this little area right over here. And all these people are going wild. They're jumping up and down. They're screaming. They're hollering. And all of a sudden, I see a man lift up a wheelchair. And he goes, ah! He's just going crazy. And this... That man got completely healed, the one that was in that wheelchair. 
He was running around. He was walking. He was so excited because for 30 years, he had never walked his entire life. He was 30 years old. You want to hear another testimony? Maybe you've seen this one on social media. This is by far my most favorite testimony of all. This one was, the reason why it's my most favorite is because what we do is youth is crusades. Whether it's in schools, whether it's these big mass crusades like some of you will see in Mexico. But what this was is just on our off day, before we went to another city to do another crusade, before we went over there, it was our off day and we were supposed to rest, but we felt like, you know, let's go preaching that some locals were asking us to come preach in the church. So we went to this church on the top roof of a building, about 30 people there. We preached the gospel message. We prayed for the, for, we prayed a mass prayer over all of the uh, people there for healing. And we start calling for testimonies. Little did we know, we, we had no clue this kid was even there. He was just off in the back corner laying down because his arms didn't work. His legs didn't work. He was completely disformed. And this father, we, we had no clue what, about any of this until the, until the father picks up his child, runs him up, and puts him on the stage. And he's shouting something in Urdu, and the translator tells us what he says. And he says, my son is eight years old and has never walked in his entire life. Somebody better praise God in here. Does that not get you excited? I'm telling you, that gets me excited whenever a child who is eight years old has never walked in his entire life. Do you want to see that video? Yeah. Go ahead. You have the sound of that? Oh my goodness. So what happened? This child has not walked in eight years, and today for the first time he walks. Amen. Does that get you excited? Listen, and these things are only happening in Pakistan. It's not only happening in, in some country of, of Africa, but it's happening right here in the United States. Listen, I was at a church over in South Georgia. I was preaching there, and I, first, I came in about 30 minutes before the service started. I was preaching that, uh, that, that day. And all, whenever I first walked in, I see this lady who's on a moon boom. And typically, whenever I go into church, I'll, I usually, first time I ever go there, I'll, I mean, I'll preach a salvation message and we'll pray for the sick. And so going in there, I, immediately when I see, saw that lady in the moon boot, I, knew, I heard the Lord so, so clearly say that she's going to get healed today. And so I, I, I heard that, and, and we get through the, we're getting through the entire gospel message. We get to the part where we're praying for the sick, and that lady comes forward. And, and I knew she was going to get healed. We laid hands on her. I, went and found, I found out that she was the pastor's wife, and we laid hands on her on her on the moon boot, and I told her, I said, take your foot out the moon boot. She thought I was crazy. Her eyes got really big. She said, what? I said, take your foot out the moon boot. Test it out. She takes her foot out the moon boot. The moment her, her feet touches the ground, she starts weeping. She falls to her knees because she immediately felt she'd been completely healed. She had she was in a cast before because she had a torn muscle and had surgery on it and everything. And then now she was in a moon boot and she, she was just wobbling around in this little moon boot. She takes her foot out and she starts running around the church. Could not do that before. Listen, we went out to eat after church. She had to go go home to get her other shoe. Because that, because that foot worked completely right. Say amen. 
Does that make you excited this morning? It makes me excited. And I'm so excited to, to be going with many of you guys uh, to Mexico in just a couple days. It's, it's in me and Felicia are very good friends, and, and it's an honor for me to go and serve her at her, at her crusade. And I know what God's going to do right there in Mexico. For many of you who've never even went on an on a international missions trip or you've never even been to a crusade, it's going to completely change your life, what you see. You're going to see so many people saved, legit salvations. You're going to see so many see people healed. Your, it's, your mind is going to be completely blown wide open. Amen? So if you've got your Bibles this morning, well, first let me, you guys go ahead and get your Bibles. But I, I know I'm going to forget this, but I, whenever I was sitting in, the, in the, my seat over there and, and I had felt this uh, back home last night that there's somebody in here, um, and I, I don't know where this service is going to go, so that's why I want to do this right now, that if, you, if you've got a pain in your back and where you, I don't, I don't know how bad it is, but if you've got pain in your back right around here in the middle of your back, is that, who is that in here? That's you right there. That's you. you. There's three of you. Okay, if there's someone around you with that, and you're around that person with that pain in their back, can you please just put, their, put your hand on, their, on your back? Please do that right now. And we want to pray for that and, and test that out right now. That's the only thing that we're going to pray for right now, but that's what I feel right now. That So right now, in the name of Jesus, if you can just keep going and praying with this with me. Do not pray for them if you don't have the faith. If, uh, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every bit of back pain to get out of their back right now. Be healed completely. Devil, get off their back right now in the name of Jesus. I command all back pain to go. I command immobility to leave, and they will be completely mobile now in the name of Jesus. All pain, you've got to go. 100% healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be healed right now. Now, if everybody, if those who had that back pain right there, that's what I felt specifically. If you have that, please stand up. Can you test it out right now? Everyone who had that pain, stand up right now. Test that out now. Tell me how it feels. If you have 100% healing and there is pain completely gone, I want you to raise your hand. Anybody in here? You right there? If, if the pain is completely gone. No? Has anybody where has it has uh, partially been healed? Anybody? Raise your hand. Can you put your hands on it one more time? Let's pray again. Listen, Jesus wants to heal these things, the guys. Jesus wants to touch people instantly. We don't have to be vague about it. Now intercede with it right now. In the name of Jesus, every back be healed right now in the name of Jesus. All pain, get out right now. Immobility, leave. Arise the faith in this room right now. All pain, leave right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. All back pain leave, immobility leave, get out right now. Devil, get your hands off of them now in the name of Jesus. Leave right now, leave right now, leave right now. Be healed completely in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Can you test that out one more time? Everybody test that out. Bend over, stretch, side to side, to the side, front and back. Anybody, does is, is it feel any better in here this morning? You feel better? Is it completely healed right now? It's completely healed right now. What, can, can you test it out? It's completely healed right now. Amen, amen. For those in the back, is it, have you, is it been partially healed or has it been completely healed? Any at all? All right, we're going to come back to you guys in, in, a, in a little bit, all right? Thank you, Jesus. Listen, and, and like I said, I, 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 
I'm very forgetful, so if God tells me to do something, I got to do it right then because I'm going to forget it later on. So last night, whenever I was, I mean, we had a worship night last night, and I just felt so heavily in my heart for Encounter Church, the, the, the passage of Isaiah 54. I had no clue what it was about, but I know what Isaiah 53 is about, but I, I, I didn't know what Isaiah 54 said. And whenever I started reading it, and I, I just knew before I started reading it that this is for Encounter Church. Can I read that to you this morning before we get into the message? Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Listen this morning. I mean that... I, what I believe in that passage is it's not only phys, it's not only only physically in the natural, but it's also something spiritual. What I felt whenever I was praying this back to the Lord last night is that for Encounter Church, and, and I felt this even from a home church as well. But for Encounter Church, what the Lord's doing here, and I know they were just having the baby baby dedications. Your children in this in this church, your children that you guys are raising up. Your children that you are all discipling, there was something so special on the children in this place. That God is going to send them out to the nations. God is going to send them out to the different, to the different barren cities, the different desolate cities of the United States. There is something on the children in Encounter Church. And I personally know that kids' church back there is not a babysitting service. It is a, it is a, a, a kids' church that they are getting discipled and trained up for whenever they're going to be a grown-up in, in the years to come. Amen? And I even feel that in the physical that, that this, is, this, this, this sanctuary is not even going to be big enough in, in the years to come. It's not even going to be big enough in the years to come. I know this may be the beginning years. But I believe what that says right there, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. If you can go ahead and turn to, uh, to Acts chapter 19. I want to preach a message this morning that's called, Who Are You? Who are you? Everybody say, Who am I? Say, Who are you? Say, Who am I? Get to Acts chapter 19, verse 13 to 16. Well, you can go to Acts chapter 19, verse 11. We'll start there. Say amen when you got it. And they got it on the screen if you don't have it, have your Bible. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. <clears throat> and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize. But who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. 
Listen, if you didn't hear any of that passage right there, let me explain basically what happened. There was these seven guys who saw Paul doing these amazing things. They were literally cutting pieces of Paul's clothing off because he couldn't be in more than one place at one time. And they were sending these different pieces of clothing over here to that place, to that place, and people were getting healed instantly. Demons were getting cast out instantly. Crazy things. And, they all, and these seven itinerant Jews, they saw, wow, this is happening by the name of Jesus. So they went up to somebody, they went up to somebody. They said, come out in the name of Jesus. But you know what happened? The demon answered them back and he said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, Paul I know about, but who are you? And the demons beat them up and they ran out of the house naked and wounded. So let me ask you today, who are you or who will you be? Who are you or who will you be? Does your life, does the fruit of your life Look more like Paul's life or like the seven sons of Sceva? Listen, I'm not here to tickle your ears or scratch your butt. I don't think that's a phrase. But uh, scratch your back. (laughs) But what I am here to do this morning is to stir you up, maybe make you feel a little uncomfortable, Maybe make you feel a little bit convicted. Because I was convicted when I read this. I was convicted whenever I came upon this. And I asked myself, does my life look like Paul's? Does my life look like Jesus's? And I want to relate this to Paul because I know many of you may say, well, that's Jesus. He can, of course he can do that. That's Jesus. But let me, ask, let, me, let me relate this to Paul. Does our life look like Paul's? Does the fruit of our life look like Paul's? or any of the other apostles or disciples, what does the fruit of our life look like? Are we moving in the power of the Holy Spirit? Because you know, they, Jesus, he told them, he said to go to the upper room, and they couldn't leave. They were, I mean, I, I, I can imagine all of these, these people in the upper room, the 120, they were all so excited. They were just, they, they were ready to go and tell everyone about Jesus. But do you know why they couldn't? Because they hadn't received the power of the Holy Spirit yet. Let me ask you this, this morning, if there was one person that you could be or that you could meet in the entire Bible, who would it be? Scream out, scream out the name right now. Jesus is a good answer. Anyone else besides Jesus? No, not any other person, human, in the Bible, who would you meet? Amen. I hear a lot of names going out. Listen, I, I know many people, and even I was like, bro, I want to I be like Elijah, but Do you know, in the Old Testament, I bet you, and I know, Elijah wished that he was one of us. He wished that he had what we had. Because Elijah only ever had the Spirit come upon him. We have the Spirit inside of us. They didn't have... They did not have access to that in the Old Testament. But we had access to that in the New Testament. And to to this day now, in the years to come. He only ever had the Spirit come upon him at certain times whenever he needed it. But the Holy Spirit stays on the inside of us when we need him. Even when we don't need him, he stays on the inside of us. Listen, uh, Reinhard Bonnke, one one time, uh, Peter Vandenberg, he asked asked Reinhard Bonnke, he said, he said, Reinhard, he said, 
who would you, who are you, whenever you get to heaven, who are you going to be running up to go and meet? And Peter, and Reinhard, he thought about it, and he responded back to Peter Vandenberg, and he told him, and he rebuked Peter Vandenberg. He said, and it wasn't in, even in, a, in, in some arrogant or cocky way, but he said, he said, Peter, he said, I'm not going to be running up to them. They're going to be running up to us. And it wasn't in a cocky or arrogant way, but he was saying that the people back in heaven, Elijah, even Paul, who, who had the Holy Spirit, even, even Peter, he said, they're going to be running up to us because they're going to be wondering what it was like to be living in the grace of the, of the last harvest days, where it was so easy, where it was so easy. Let me tell you that there's people, there's people who are martyrs, who have died, who have died. David Livingstone was one. Who, who, in his journals, they found where he wrote, and he was a missionary to, to Zambia and, and other parts of Africa, but... Where he wrote in there, he said, we're not seeing many souls. He said, but he goes on and says, he says, but there will be ones who come here afterwards and we'll see much more, much more win- winning of salvations than we ever saw. And it was the tears of those people who went before. But there's those people in heaven right now who some of you may think, I'm going to run up to them and ask what it was like to live in their day. But they're going to run up to us and ask, what was it like to be living in the last day's harvest whenever you had the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen? And for those of you who may be saying, well, that's Paul. That's Paul. There was something special in his life. He lived in a different age. Because I ask you, who are you? Who will you be? And you may say, you know, that that was Jesus. It's Jesus. Of course, he's, he's, he's living a life in power. But then I say Paul, and you may say, but that was Paul. Paul, he wrote most of the New Testament. He was a man who, who, just, who was engulfed in the Holy Spirit. He, and you say, I never could be like him. But let me tell you, Paul, back in those days, the Christians were terrified of Paul. I'm telling you. Paul, before, he was going around, he was arresting Christians, and not, and not only arresting them, but he was killing Christians. And I know many of you know the story, but I just want to remind you. And then on the Damascus Road, when he has that encounter, he meets Jesus. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's never the same again. And he goes on preaching the gospel. And he has such a burden on his heart. But let me put it in, in, in some modern-day terms for you. Imagine how Paul, to the Christians, they were terrified of him. They, they, Paul was killing some of their own. But let me put it in some of the modern terms. Imagine Joe Biden getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and become an evangelist, where he's seeing souls getting saved by the numerous one, by the numbers. Imagine that. Some of you wouldn't even believe me. You say, you're crazy. But Joe Biden's not even killing Christians. <laughs> but I want to put it into perspective for you, because some of you may say that's crazy, because I can never be like Paul. But Paul went from, from killing Christians to preaching the gospel and saving souls. And so if that can happen on his life, then it can happen on your life. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come and rest on us. He lives on the inside of us. 
And so this morning we're going to have a time where if you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with power, you're going to receive that this morning. But there's also going to be a call for, at the same time, for those people who, because the the apostles, the disciples, they were not just filled with one time. I'm telling you, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and it was all about that. Get filled with the, with the Holy Spirit so you can speak in tongues. Do you realize that's all? I mean, we, we get filled with the Holy Spirit so we can speak in tongues, but that's not the only reason. That's the very base. But that's what I was taught to my entire life growing up in the Pentecostal church. And nothing against the different denominations, but what I want to tell you is the Holy Spirit is not just so you can speak in tongues. There's, uh, there's so many different things that is only inside of you that many of you have no clue what's even resting on inside of you. It hasn't even been activated. It's sitting on the inside of there, but you have no clue what's, on, what's there. So let me ask you again, who are you or who will you be? It's very quiet in here. Who are you or who will you be? Who will we be? Matthew 16, 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Say this with me. Say the keys are the Holy Spirit. Say the keys are the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given Every single one of you, the Holy Spirit, and it's at access to you. It's living on the inside of you. And he's given everything that you need in the kingdom of heaven. Say, I'm the bridge. Do you realize that everything this world needs, every lost soul, everything that's going on, you are the bridge to heaven. The spirit of God's resting on the inside of you. You are the bridge to heaven. There's a whole, there's a whole warehouse up in, in, in heaven where you've got your gifts of healing, you've got your gifts of prophecy, you've got your words of knowledge, all of these things that are at, at access to you, and you are the bridge. So when you're out there telling somebody about Jesus, and it's not breaking through to them, but then you get a word of knowledge and it totally breaks everything down, you are the bridge to heaven. You were the bridge from heaven to earth. Let me tell you again, I just want to break it through to you. You are the bridge from heaven to earth. What this earth, earth needs, what, this, what souls need in this earth to see revival, to see what, what, what needs to happen, it comes by you. By Jesus living on the inside of you, having the Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't do anything in the earth without his men and women of God. He's not just going to shine a bright light out of heaven. And although he may do that, but 99.9% .9 of the time, he wants to use us to do it. Because the spirit of God is resting on the inside of us. Is this piercing through to some of you? Is it blowing your minds? The spirit of God is on the inside of you. Say, I'm the bridge again. Say, so I'm the bridge. You are the bridge from heaven to earth. All this earth needs, every single lost soul, what they need, you've got it at, at, on the inside of you to give. You need, someone or, you need healing or someone else does, it's yours. You are the bridge. You're going to prophesy, you need a word of knowledge, it's yours. You are the bridge. 
You are the bridge to everything that is in the kingdom of heaven. All of these, these gifts, all of these keys, what it unlocks, but they didn't have access to in the Old Testament at the time. Not every single person. You or someone needs blessing, it's yours. You are the bridge. Look at that last part. Matthew 10, 8. After it says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. These are the things. And then it says, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. This is the gospel. Jesus died. He rose back to life. He saved you. He redeemed you. He threw away your sin as far as the east is to the west. And what more could we do but give our lives to it? But give our lives to share, some, share the gospel with somebody else. All of this stuff is resting on the inside of us. And Jesus is just crying out, give it to somebody else. It's not, it's not just for us to keep to ourselves. We are the means by which the gospel is brought to earth and how Jesus, wants to, how Jesus wants to see revival in the earth. How the last days are going to come. Amen? Say amen. Let me, let me read you this, what Paul said. We have the same experience as Paul. 1 Corinthians 15.3, he says, For I delivered to you first which I also received. He couldn't give it till he received it. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This was his message, but he couldn't give it until he received it. In the last part where it says, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. And it doesn't just stop right there. It says, freely received it, freely give it. And I've already went, I've already prefaced all of this, getting down to this, to this point. I couldn't tell you just to freely receive, you freely received it, freely give, without you knowing it's already on the inside of you. I grew up in church all my life with people saying, I need the next man or woman of God to lay hands on me. I need to get their mantle. But let me tell you, that's all, that's all hogwash. You've got the Holy Spirit. It's resting on the inside of you. You don't need to ask for another gift of the Holy Spirit. God, give me the gift of healing. It's already on the inside of you, my friend. It's already there. Sure, there's some people that move in more in those different offices and those different gifts, but everything you need, it's already on the inside of you. So it gets down to that last point. Freely you have received, freely give it. So now you know everything that you need is right there. Now it's just our job and to realize I've got salvation. I'm going to heaven, but I freely received it. Uh, we, we, did nothing to, we did nothing to earn it, so I've got to give it away. Right. Amen? Yes. Amen? I think this is a timely word for after we're about to go to Mexico. Amen? And let me burst another bubble for you. If you say this is only for the evangelist, this is only for the pastors in the office of apostle or prophet or teacher or any of these people, let me tell you, it's not. It's for the church, and you are the church. We are the church. So I just want to burst all of these bubbles that you may have already built up in your minds that's hindering you from going because you say, that's not for me, that's not my job, that's not what I'm supposed to do. But there's a difference between evangelism and there's a difference between an evangelist. Some people are called to the office of evangelist. 
every single person that's a Christian and a believer is called to evangelism. <clears throat> we haven't been called. We haven't been placed in this earth to just live our Christian life, to live, to, to build a generational of wealth, to build a nice job, to build a good environment for our family, to live a good life, and then maybe and then we get to heaven one day. We've been placed on this earth for so much more. There's a reason we're here. And if somebody would get a hold of that, somebody would get a revelation of why I've been placed on this earth. To give God glory, not just in my job, but to share somebody about Jesus. Amen? Man, I'm excited. So let me say it again. This morning, you come to the altar, you're not asking for God to to give you the gifts. If you've already had the Holy Spirit, some of you will come down and ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you've already got the Holy Spirit and you want to be filled again, let me tell you, you're not asking for, for the gifts. The Holy Spirit's not only there to give you conviction. The Holy Spirit's not only there to do these other things. The Holy Spirit's in there already. The gifts are already there. So what I want you to pray this morning, whenever you get down to this altar, is you're not asking God to give you the gifts. You're asking God to to give you a revelation of what's already on the inside of you. There's something roaring on the inside of you that many people, many Christians, have no clue is even on the inside of you. And I go back to that point of the people in the Old Testament, they wished they had what we had. There's many Christians wishing they could be like Elijah, but Elijah wishes he had what we had. Some of you, that sounds crazy to you, but he wishes what we had access to because there's something roaring on the inside of you, waiting to get out, waiting to be activated, waiting to be known. If you just take a hold of it, if you just take a hold of it. Are you happy this morning? Are you excited? Let me tell you, when you start to realize what's on the inside of you, I'm telling you, I, these, these are all good things, I'm telling you. Whenever, and what we've been taught and, and, and everything, but whenever I go to a bookstore and, and on this Christian table, everything, there's roses and, and, and posy and all these different things. And then I see in the bottom corner, there, there's Daniel Kalina's book about, about slaying dragons and about, about casting out demons. And there's only one of these books out of all of these different ones about finding my identity, about Jesus loves me and all these things. And many people have this in their idea in their mind of what a perce- of their per- perception of a Christian is, is this person who's just, and yes, you're in love with Jesus, but I'm telling you, I love the, the, the pictures of you are a soldier for Christ. Literally, the devil is scared of you if you would realize it, if you'd get a hold of that. But the devil's not scared of most people in the church because he's got them caught up in this thing of, I'm just this little dainty little figure. And because people don't realize what the Holy Spirit is on the inside of them. The Holy Spirit's not going to drag you like a puppeteer. The Bible says the Spirit's subject to the prophet. He's subject to the man or woman of God. So whenever you get a realization of what's on the inside of you, the devil can't stop you. 
No demon can stop you. Sin can't get in the way because there's something roaring on the inside of you. It's the spirit of God. There's a story of, of Smith Wigglesworth. He was one night sleeping in his bed and he was, he was completely asleep. Lights were completely dark. It was just, it was dark. And he feels something rumbling by his feet. He looks up and it was a demon. It, it was just, he, and the way he described it was just an ugly, just evil demon. And as he looked back at it, and you know what Smith Wigglesworth said? He said, oh, it's just you. And he went back to sleep. He's not scared of these things. And he realized it's not just Smith Wigglesworth. If you don't know Smith Wigglesworth, he's a mighty evangelist. About 50 years ago, or 40, 60 years ago. But let me tell you, that same thing that Smith Wigglesworth had, it's on the inside of you. And that's what I'm trying to get some people to realize this morning. Lester Summerall had the same experience. He was, he was mentored actually by Smith Wigglesworth. One night, he was sleeping in his bed. A whirlwind comes into his room, slams the, the dresser against the wall. His bed goes flying over there. He's on, clothes are everywhere. He gets up off the ground, and there's a demon right there. He says, Put the broom back how it is and get out. The whole room goes back in a whirlwind. Whole room goes in a whirlwind. His bed goes back to how it is. All the clothes get sucked back up into the dresser. The dresser gets back up. He gets back in the bed and he goes to sleep. Do you realize? Because he's not scared of the devil. The devil's scared of him. And I want you to realize this morning, the devil's scared of you. There's something roaring on the inside of you if you would just realize it. So let me ask you again this morning. Who are you or who will you be? Who are you or who will you be? Say that with me. Say, who are you? Who will I be? Everybody close your eyes right now. And I want you to picture in your mind. Look at your life and be honest with yourself. What does my life look like? And you say, I know I have the Holy Spirit, but what am I doing with it? Is the Holy Spirit only giving me conviction so I can live my personal life, or am I doing something with it to reach the lost? Because all these gifts on the inside of us are for us to reach the world around us. Think about it. Keep your eyes closed. Another 10 seconds. Picture in your mind, who am I? Does my life look like the seven sons of Sceva, or does my life look like Paul? Does it look like Jesus? You can open your eyes. You see, the devil knew to tremble and obey when Paul spoke. He knew because Paul knew Jesus. He'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. The seven sons of Sceva had no clue what they were doing. And it wasn't in strategies to pass the how to cast out a demon. It's because the seven sons of Sceva didn't know Jesus. They weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking to some people in this room who know Jesus, who love Jesus, who've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can do something with that. So I'll tell you again, and I'll burst another bubble. Our Christian life is not just so we can grow in our personal relationship with Jesus, and so I'm good whenever I get to heaven, and it's always focusing on me, 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 me. But this whole thing is so we can reach the people around us, reach the lost, get them to church, get them discipled, so they can go reach the people themselves. Amen? Somebody say amen. So one last part. Some of you, you're taking all this information, you're taking all of this, and you're realizing this, but still maybe 
you won't see any of the power in your life. Let me read this quote by Reinhard Bonnke. He said, faith is like a wiring system that carries power into our lives. Faith itself is not the power, but it links us to the power source. If you want the power in your life, you want the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, you want to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so you can use those as tools, that warehouse in heaven, because you are the bridge to reach the people around you, you're going to have to have faith. When you pray for somebody to be healed, you're going to have to actually believe it happens. It's not just, it's not just I'm going to do it so people are looking at me and I believe in Jesus, I'm a Christian, but nothing ever happens because maybe you don't have the faith for it. All these things, all these things. Faith is the wiring system that links us to the power source. You got to believe it happens. You got to know what's in you. You got to realize what's roaring on the inside of you wants to come out. You can go ahead and come up, RJ. Are some light bulbs going on this morning? Are you realizing what's on the inside of you? And I don't want you, I don't want this morning to end with just a light bulb going off in your mind and you're realizing what's on the inside of you but never going to do anything about it. All of these gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was given in the first place so you could have the power to do the work. That's why. That's why they couldn't leave the upper room just yet to go reach the lost because they hadn't received the power yet. They hadn't received the power yet. So as RJ plays, and in just a moment, I'm going to give a call. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the power, then I want you to go ahead and come forward. Come forward now. Come forward now. If you've never been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But if you, if you say, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you say, I want to be filled again. I want to be refilled. And you say, I want to, and you say, I realize what's on the inside of me. And you say, I want to do something about that. I want you to get to the front right now. Get to the front right now. Get to the front right now. If you're not going to do anything about it, then please stay back. But if you say, if you're able, and you're able to come to the front, and you say, I want to do something about that, that's already inside of me, that's roaring on the inside, I want you to come to the front right now. And this morning, God's not only going to give you a revelation of what's on the inside of you so you can do something with it. He's going to give you the heart of the Father so you can actually go reach those people around you. He's going to give you a heart for the lost. Because it's not only for the evangelist. It's for every single believer that's constantly going through your, <coughs> constantly going through your mind. That somebody's on the edge of a cliff and they're just one step away from an eternity in hell. And it's our responsibility and our job to do something about it. So RJ, if you begin to play whatever you want to play. Every single one of you, and I'm going to join you. I want you to begin crying out to God for more of a revelation, more hunger, more, a more filling of the Holy Spirit. Because there's more. The apostles, the, the disciples, they were continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just a one-time one time ha happening. It happened in Acts chapter 2. It happened again in Acts chapter 4. So begin crying out right now for the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, again, again. If you've already got it, keep asking. Ask for more. Ask for the revelation of what's already on the inside of you so you can reach the people around you. Ask for God to impart faith into your life. Because maybe you realize these things, but you just have no faith for it. 
ask God and he will give it to you. You are a son and daughter of God and he wants to give you these things. He wants to give it to you. If you ask him for, for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. He's going to give you what you asked for. Call and ask God. Call and ask Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit. Who are you or who will you be? Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.